Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Forward Pressing, episode 70. I am your co-host, Kevin Arakillion. How are you doing, Yanis? Doing good. We're going full name today? I don't know. I felt like it, you know? It's a different change. It changed. Hey, listen. Uh, I know we said last week that we we're going to go back on the schedule. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen this week. Both of our schedules are, are not intertwining anymore and they're changing. So We're working on it, though. We're working on it. Love to figure it out. But we got all to talk about, especially some Champions League. Oh, my. We have to talk about some Champions League. But uh, we have some other news to mention before we get into that. Um, your boys, the Seattle Sounders. I can't. No, I can't. I can't claim them as my boys. <laughs> they're they're the they're the best team in MLS in my opinion in terms of like overall in the last like ten years. But they're not my boys. I'll be honest on that. Like that would be that'd be dishonest of me to say they're my boys. But first, first MLS Concacaf champions, Concacaf Champions League champions. Uh, it makes sense because they had to. They're probably the, been the best team in the league in like the last five to eight years, I'd say. So congratulations! Then they beat Pumas convincingly too. Uh, they've been the best league, the best team for the last five to eight years. I'd say so. Yeah. Really? Like if you look at the playoffs the runs that they had, they've had. What about what about like Portland or or Columbus or whatever? Portland might be in that conversation, but they're they're not above Seattle. Like Seattle actually wins at the. I mean, those teams have been solid, no? New York. Well, who? New York? Yeah, New York City. The two New York teams are good, but I think New York City FC is just starting to get into his groove. They weren't like that at the beginning. LAFC have been good. LSC have been good this year. They weren't, I think they missed the playoffs last year or the year before. So they've been on and off. Like Seattle will have like, sometimes it's weird where Seattle will always have like a bad start of the season and then halfway through just bounce back and be like, get in the playoffs. And when they when you're in the playoffs, like whatever happens, happens. Like they and they find a way to win. So their experience when it comes to winning titles and like, yeah, to me, I mean, if you look, if you ask around, like people that know MLS, they'll tell you like Seattle's probably one of the best team in the last eight years. I think organization wise, like they find a way to win and they win like convincing, consistently, convincingly as well. So, um, I mean, you could put Portland as one of the better teams. Like, but if you want to talk about tier one, like the one best team in the league, that has to be them. Like Portland, LAFC, New York City FC are there, but um, they're not above Portland. At least, and they're not above Seattle. Sorry, at least for like in terms of like the last few years. Did you hear the Montreal thing? They're changing the logo. Yeah, man, the uh, first of all, it's Club de Foot Montreal. Is it was it was the Montreal Impact, and then it became Club de Foot Montreal, and they changed the logo to like um, a snowflake, but it kind of looks like a butthole. Okay, um, that's nah. Now you're taking it too far. And all and all the so it was like CF Montreal, right? Um, and a lot of the teams, a lot a lot of people were not really big fans of it. I don't think I was a big fan of it to be honest. We talked about it on the pod when it happened. Yeah, I was. I thought it was mid, but it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. I think I think a change was necessary, but it was the change was kind of mid. Um, but now they just said that after a year, they're already gonna change it again because they've gotten a lot of like negative feedback on it. So. Maybe they'll they're gonna change the logo to something else. Uh, maybe something more, just like a kind of just like a, a club crest or something like that that doesn't look like a ball. Hey, at least they could, they took credit for that. They, I mean, they took accountability for that. They listened to the people, so that's good. They switched it. They made everybody buy new jerseys and everything, and now they're gonna switch the logo completely again. But I mean, do it now. They'll wait longer, I guess. Who knows? I mean, it's only one season, so it's, it'll it'll pass. Yeah, it's only one. And I mean, I will say like the I mean this year the the last year they, we were really bad. 
um, this year we're, we're much better. I think we're like top four in the division right now. But um, the stadium isn't really full much at all, to be honest. When the games happen, you gotta wait. It's still, it's still kind of cold. Well, I mean, it's not. It's still kind of cold early. Yeah, May. we've got like one or two weeks of like hot weather, so maybe now that it'll be easier to go attend the games. But like the stadiums have been like at half capacity or less lately. So I think they realized that the club isn't really doing well marketing wise, and it was in the city, which is uh, a shame because usually the city really gets behind the team. So they have to do a better job at like making people care again. So that'll be that. Um, let's talk about Chelsea's poor run of form because, I mean, they've been losing games that they shouldn't be losing. Um, they've been kind of choking, to be honest. I mean, especially the Everton one is bad. Literally probably avoided relegation because they beat Chelsea. What are the odds? What are the odds? I mean, it had to happen, right? Lampard, Everton, Chelsea, like it was, it had, something had to happen. The, the, the storylines were written like right before this game even happened. And like it's still the same thing with Chelsea, like no production. The forwards aren't consistent. Like you, you had a run of games where Timo, where Timo Werner was like doing something. You could see things happening. Like he was actually getting goals, a few assists there, Kai Havertz as well. But again, like it's it's not consistent enough. Like up front, and obviously like the Pulisic, Hizek, and Lukaku aren't doing. I mean, they're trying, but it's not working. Like nothing. Not it's not. They're not. The connection isn't there between all the forwards. And like your attacking players, the connection isn't there. They can't link up well. I mean, they get they they've got wins before because they find a way to score, but it's not like really the uh, the best the, the the nicest aesthetically pleasing game that they're playing. But it works. They got they're, they're still third. Surprisingly, even though they've lost this many games, they're still third. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not looking so great in the, in the summer. I don't know what's gonna happen with Lukaku. They still got an FA Cup final against Liverpool, which I believe they will lose most likely. Oh, yeah, they're going to lose that. But do you think of it is because of the uncertainty with the ownership and everything like that, all that turmoil? Do you think that's affecting the, the, the players in the club a lot, or it's not really? Mm, I mean, they it's been a, it's been the minutes since they've had this, those ownership issues, and they were keep they kept winning games. I don't think it's they, they've just started losing the last, what, three or four games where you could tell that there was been a drop in quality. So I don't think the ownership issue affects them. It affects them behind the scenes for sure because – You've heard like Rudiger is leaving, most likely leaving. I think he's going to Madrid. Christensen said he's going to Bar. Well, Christensen is probably going to Barcelona. It's pretty much already signed, so you're going to lose players. But that doesn't really like affects on the should affect them on the field. At least I don't think it has. They still have a job to do at the end of the day, and it's not like Chelsea is going to like be relegated. They're going to be in the Prem. They're going to be in the Champions League next year. So there's still a lot of uh, this. There's still a lot of question marks that they have. They haven't been able to answer this season. Uh, I think the biggest one being Lukaku, and I mean, it's, I think it's, like it's a lot of things to that leaves a lot of uh, I guess challenges for Thomas Tuchel in the summer when it comes to offseason and transfers. And, stuff. Um, and the last uh, bit of news before we move on to the Champions League games, uh, Minoriola. I mean, we talked about that last episode where people kind of like re- reported that he passed away, and then he kind of tweeted being like that fake fake news basically, but then like. A couple days was it a couple days later or the next day? I think it was the next day actually. The next day we recorded. Um yeah, he he actually did it was confirmed that he did pass away. So rest in peace to Minoriola. Not always the most um the most favored manager, but I mean uh, the agent I mean from the from the club perspective, he wasn't the favorite agent because he actually like did everything to get his players a bag, which from a player's perspective it's cool, but from a club perspective, he's not the ideal manager to deal with. But I mean, the ideal agent to deal with. He did have a lot of big clients, though. Yeah, I mean, for his clients, he did nothing but an impeccable job. So, um, 
sad news there. I mean, yeah, I mean, RIP. Yep. Let's move on to the Champions League games because, oh my God, Manchester City versus Real Madrid. All right. We got to start unpacking this because there is a lot to unpack. I mean, listen, this game, it was Man City's to lose, basically, because, right, they're going into the game 5-4 up on aggregate, right? 4-3, 4-3. sorry. And um, and they were dominating most of the game. And then, like, if we just if we just break down the, the scoring, right, 73rd minute, Mares gets the goal, which was a really nice goal, honestly. It was a really, really nice goal. And I thought it was... At that point, I literally, I even tweeted. I said, "It's GG. We're gonna get an All Premier League final once again, um, for like the third time in like four years." Um, uh, respect, Man City, Liverpool, Champions League final. It's over. And I tweeted that, and I was like, in the back of my mind, I was just like, Madrid have like done nothing but come back, but like they need two goals. And lo and behold, the 90th minute, fucking goal. 91st minute, goal. Overtime. 95th minute. Goal and they pull up the upset, pull off the upset, and I'm losing my mind. What am I watching? I mean, Real Madrid have literally Champions League blood in their veins. This this team is synonymous with like the ultimate champions. It makes no sense. Especially this is like one of the most insane Champions League runs we've seen in like recent history. I think this might be a creature comeback in six one. If they've won, if they've won, if they end up winning this Champions League, it'll go down as like one of the greatest runs in history. Because they've made nothing but big comebacks. With and they, they, Manchester City was the better team. Manchester City was the better team. Over two games, they were the better team. They were the better team, and yet they still lost. And we, we've we've um we've talked about Pep and we've given Pep like valid criticism over the past, but it wasn't Pep's uh, mistake this game. This one, I don't I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can put I mean blame on Pep for this. Like I don't see why. I don't see what he could have done differently. He coached a, a splendid game plan for over two legs. He got his team to score so many goals. He put them in a position to win. And honestly, it was just, it wasn't even a complete collapse. It was just like, it, it was, I mean, after the first goal, the 90th minute goal, the Madrid still need one goal to, to, to get to, to equalize on aggregate. And Spitty just kind of like fell asleep at the wheel. It's like they thought it was over. They didn't pull a PSG choke. But still, they choked once again. They're bottlers, bottlers. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Man United fan. But time and time again, Man City cannot get over this hump in the Champions League. It's mind-blowing. I don't understand it because they've had, like, literally, arguably, either the best or the second-best team in the whole world for, like, the last, like, five years. And they can't get past this Champions League hump. It's insane. Last year, being a big favorite, losing to Chelsea, who, like, weren't even supposed to be in the Champions League final. Losing to Chelsea. The year before, getting eliminated, what, in the quarterfinals against, what was it, Lyon? Lyon eliminated them in the quarterfinals? My God. It's like, oh, you look at the resume, and it's just like collapse, collapse, collapse. Oh, well, give me your thoughts, because I have other, other things I want to mention. But I mean, listen, bro. Madrid is a Champions League club. They're not a Spanish club. They're a Champions League club, man. Every year, every Champions League, this season, they found a way to win in games that they shouldn't have won. Against Chelsea, they were not the better team. They found a way to win. Against PSG, they were not the better team. They find a way to win. It's always to Benzema or Modric. This time it was Rodrigo, a mix of like Rodrigo and Camavinga. Because Benzema didn't even have such a great game, for being honest. Like this wasn't one of his best games. Like he had, I think he had one chance over 90 minutes. And then after that, I mean, we, we know what happened. Like I don't know how to explain this from like a serious perspective. Drip, bro. Benzema's got the drip. 
he he oozes class, bro. That was, I mean, wow. I, I took the PK like clutch moments as always, but I don't, I cannot explain. It. For I mean, massive credit to Rodrigo because he came in clutch, two goals in like the 90th minute. You don't see this. This has never happened. I've never seen like two goals in the 90. Well, I mean, for a game like this to go this far. I thought that was crazy. Kamavinga, when I think Kamavinga came at the came at the 75th, changed the game as well. Like he brought a, a more intensity and like especially in the midfield. He was a game changer. That that substitution, I mean, he was all over the pitch and he was insane. He he was one of the best players uh, like whole game and he didn't even start. You gotta give credit to Ancelotti for the timing on the on the subs there. That was definitely a great coaching from his from his part. But I want I also Rodrigo, obviously he came on and he did he was insane. But I mean, we didn't talk. We're not mentioning Vinicius, and Vinicius has was was dangerous all game because the more and the more I watch Vinicius, the more and more I've watched Real Madrid in the Champions League this season, the more and more I fall in love with his game because he's so fast on the wings and he's so technical as well. It's like he he runs. I, I mean, I want to compare it to like Rashford, where I felt this way about Rashford in the past, where he runs down the wing with the ball and he's so dangerous because he beats the defenders on pace with the ball on his feet. And then he's technical enough to, to make a move to beat another defender and create a chance that's going in towards the box or whatnot. We haven't seen that rash from Rashford in like over a year. But Rodrigo, and what we've seen from Rashford lately is he does that. He runs down the line. He gets them with pace. And then he has the advantage. And then he just bobbles the ball away. He either like tries to do a step over or something, misses, just loses the ball. And then it's, the chances is stopped there. But Rodrigo, feels like, it feels like Rodrigo, every time he, get, he wins space with the ball, he makes the most of it. Either by by holding up the play and then and waiting for his midfielders to catch up and playing the ball and creating space that way, or even taking on a defender and then trying to get a chance coming into the box. Multiple times he came in, he cut inwards after running down the sideline, and either had a shot on net or a chance to 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 create an opportunity in the middle of the box. I mean, he's he's so good for Madrid, and I mean it's going to be tough when Bale starts ahead of him and uh, is the Champions League hero once again in the final. Oh my God! If Bell actually Bell might actually have, a, I mean, it depends on how the game goes. I don't think Bell will start. I they go put Yaris a super sub. He's Mr. Champions League final. That's yeah. He's a super sub. He's a super sub. But I mean, on Vinicius' point, like he, I remember when he came to Madrid earlier. One of his biggest criticism was the final pass. Like he was, it was easier for him to be like two defenders or three defenders. But the final ball was never there. He's still gonna develop. That's the crazy part. I think the Benzema Benzema being next to him every time like was a big massive help for him, and it definitely helped. Um, because I mean, I think the connection between the two, the link, the link up between the two has been one of the best uh, duos in terms of the. I remember the game against Chelsea, the first leg, like, like they tore Chelsea the fan up uh, with the two of them together. Like it was, it it was great to see, and like you said, like Rodrigo as well. I mean, when it comes to Madrid and signings, you got to give him a lot of credit because nobody heard about, heard of Rodrigo before um, Madrid got him. I mean, I mean, he was a Santos doing his thing, and there was a few rumors, but I didn't think he was actually going to sign and start this early. Same thing for Vinicius. Like, you didn't expect them to come in and, like, start and have such a big impact at this age, this young, for for the biggest club in the world, if we're being honest. So uh, I gotta, you got to give credit to Madrid and, and the, the scouting. Because they get they get the players that they need at the right mm-hmm. moment. And I also want to mention, like, what happened to Kevin De Bruyne? It feels like we, he never has a big game in the big games. He got subbed off at like the sixty seventh minute or something like that. That would surprise me. I thought it was whether it was an injury or it wasn't an injury. If it is, if it, it was an injury, I'd, I'd be surprised because like he didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a great game, but like it's your best player. I know, but. 
he's got to need he, he can you can give him time. He's but there's no one else. I mean, no one was really other than Mares. Who else was really creating danger as in the in the final third for City? Like, I mean, Grealish had a few chances. Grealish had a crazy chance, by the way. Um, yeah, Grealish. Into the, they brought on Grealish and they lost. They brought on 100, 100, 100 million pound Grealish. They brought on Raheem Sterling for a, who sold our, I don't know how much. I mean, to be fair, Grealish had Foden had the biggest chance though. Foden did have the biggest chance. But also, I want to say, I mean, not only did Kevin De Bruyne have a really bad game, but this was probably the worst performance I've seen from uh, a Man City center back pairing in a long time, because their center back, their center backs costed. Ruben Diaz costed the penalty. That was huge. You can't do that. You can't do that. That penalty that he that he that was just lazy. It was lazy and it was it was late. And you need you weren't gonna get there and you can't make a risky challenge like that in the box. Um so that was I mean it was a whole collapse. It was a whole collapse. It was a whole collapse in five minutes because Real Madrid scored three goals in five minutes and they went to the Champions League final. The Bernabeu is different, bro. The Bernabeu is different. You can't go there and expect like you gotta go there and expect that you're 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 down essentially. You're down, even though you're you're up on the on the in the legs, and because of leg one, you gotta expect you got in your head. You gotta put yourself as being down. They played. They had the game at the 90th minute. At the 90th minute, they were in the Champions League final, and at the 95th, they were not. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I mean, we've seen Madrid do comebacks before at home in the Champions League when Ronaldo was there, but not three in a row. We saw it against PSG, literally last in the quarterfinal. Three in a row is crazy. It's mental. It's mental. This Madrid's on something this season. Madrid's on something this season. Um, let's talk about Liverpool, Villarreal, because I mean, Liverpool they took care of business game one, right? We thought it was kind of over, basically. But then Villarreal, we saw we saw Emery. He said, "Wait until we get back to home. Wait until we get back home. I'm cooking something special for you." And he, he cooked something special because it was a close game. It was a close. Game. I thought Villarreal was going to pull the upset. Hey, this they had the best possible start goal after like the first five minutes. Yeah, and then it was it was two two. That's a tie on aggregate, and then they had the momentum too, and then it, it all kind of fell apart after the the quality the the quality and the experience of Liverpool took over. But um, I mean, they put up. You can't expect anything else, right? Like they did almost everything. They almost did it. They were down two zero after losing game one. Nobody thought they had a chance. It's tough for I think it's tough for Ruli. I think the first goal is kind of guilty. On the on getting Meg. The second goal, I don't know how much he can do on it. And the third, I mean, that is it is what it is. Like, I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool came. I don't know why Jurgen Klopp said at halftime, but he definitely was yelling. He wasn't happy for sure. And I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, they got experience, so maybe they weren't too worried. But still, for them to come back to two two in the in one half, I would have been. I don't know. I mean, Liverpool has very. I mean, they, like you said, they have the experience, so they know like how to deal in those type of situations. But still, to actually do it is a different thing. They have the anti collapse gene. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. PSG and Man City gotta uh, gotta hit them up. Get that. They bottled it, dog. I mean, credit. It'll, it'll be a good final. I know I said Liverpool. If, if it was gonna be Madrid Liverpool, but I don't know, bro. It could go Madrid's way. I'm excited. Honestly, Liverpool are a better team. They're the more complete and they're the better team. They have more attacking power. They're more solid defensively. They have a better goalkeeper. Ah, no, 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 no. Courtois is better. Courtois is better. Okay, I mean, Alisson is great, but Courtois this year. But those, those are probably top three, you know, like Alisson is probably top three. Um, so 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be... We're going to see that Vinicius versus Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, battle. Oh, the narratives are written themselves. That's going to be tight all game. That's 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 going to be a historic matchup to watch. I'm so excited for that. Benzema taking on Virgil van Dijk. Damn, we're going to see if van Dijk was all about... We're going to see the best... the best One of the best defenders is the best striker. I want to I also mention, like, did you see Ancelotti? Because, I mean, he's... He deserves he deserves a lot of credit, right? He was at literally at Everton. They're getting relegated right now, and he's going to the Champions League final, like in the the span of one year. Crazy. But did you see? Yeah, I don't think every, I don't think everything was bad when Ancelotti was there because of Ancelotti. I think it was just because the players didn't mesh well. Yeah. Because you could tell, we can see what he does when he. I mean, we'll talk. We'll, we can talk about him. Like he's won the league the one the the weekend, and then he goes does that on the week. He's like the 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 most player friendly manager I've seen. That's yeah, it's a great way to put it. Every every people every time people talk about him, every players that's played for him talk about how he's like he's like the uncle of the cookout. Like he's a friendly manager, but I mean he knows when business is about business. But he is the most like he's the best player, the best player manager manager in like in football right now. It's like he's he said it like in an interview where like they were asking him pictures about like his cigar pictures or whatever, and he was just like I took I was just taking that was just me taking a picture with my friends because yes my my players are my friends. Yeah, I mean that was a dope picture. Yeah, it was a dope picture. But did you see also on the sideline he was like literally he was talking with Marcelo and Tony Cruz and they were like all talking together to decide what kind of substitutions to make for the game. And he subbed out Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro. All three members of that elite midfield were subbed out in the middle of the game. And he subbed up Benzema in the middle of overtime when, if they can see the goal, is going to shoot to a penalty shootout. To shootout, and yeah. I mean, it, that, was a, that was a risk. Benzema was gassed. So it was probably smart to, to pull him, get somebody out with fresher legs that can make sure it doesn't go to penalty shootouts. But it, it's a ballsy move. It's like pulling Ronaldo right before you know it's going to go to a penalty shootout, maybe. All right. Let's talk about, um, I mean, how, what do you rank Ancelotti in your. In your... On your list of all-time managers, to me, he's got to be top five. I think he's going to be top five. It's going to be, I mean, no, in no order. It's going to be um, Sir Alex, Wenger, Pep, Mourinho, and Chalotti, Maybe I think that's fair. And that's right now. Give it a couple more years. Klopp will probably be in that conversation. Most likely, I think he's yeah. He's probably like on the fringe of joining that conversation for sure. It's it's really tough because top five. There's a lot of great managers. I mean, Sir Alex will always be there. Um, Wenger should always be there. Pep deserves to be there. But those... I think Mourinho as well, uh, back in the day at least. Four or five, I see like like Mourinho, uh, Klopp, Ancelotti. There's a lot of Conte. Like, there's a lot of good managers that have done a lot over a long time. The f- first manager to... Ancelotti, remember Ancelotti? First manager to win a league in each league that he's played at, so... It's it's extremely impressive, and it just goes to show, like the quality is there. Um, let's finish with the the Europa League because a little bit less exciting, obviously. I mean, less exciting, but still pretty dope, pretty, pretty good semis. Yeah, it was pretty dope. I mean, listen, we had Rangers, Leipzig, and West Ham, Frankfurt. I think, I mean, I wanted West Ham to go all the way because English Premier League, whatever. I was really surprised Frankfurt were this far, and I was really surprised Rangers were this far. And it turns out they're both going to the final. Isn't that crazy? I told you, I called it. You did. You did call that this was a very likely final because I thought West Ham had like could do it. I mean, let's talk about that game because they got. I mean, there was a like 
harsh. It's a like, it's it's a tough PK, but it is a PK. It's a it's a red card. It is a red card. He's the last man. Red card that that almost decides the game, right? Yeah, it kills the game a bit. Um, which is unfortunate because you never want to see like a big uh, a big game that's super important be decided by a red card. But I mean, you got to be careful, right? So that's tough. And then they get another red card later in the game, and it kind of just like makes it impossible to come back. Yeah, at that point it was it was game over. Well, I really props to Frankfurt, man, because they played an amazing game and they're going to go in the the, champ, uh, the Europa League final, which is for that club that's a huge, huge accomplishment. That's huge. I mean, it's even bigger for like a, a club like I mean, I mean, a good credit on, on Frankfurt, but a club like Celtic, I mean, Rangers who weren't even expected to go this far, like they've balled out the whole the whole tournament really. Um, it, I mean, I did. I mean, I thought Leipzig did great on the first leg, but the, the fact that the game second leg wasn't going to be at home, like I was very confident that Rangers was going to do something and pull it upset. All right. Um, well, that's saying, yeah, Leipzig win game one, one zero. And then I, I thought they did enough to play their style of game in game two, maybe play for a draw, you know, and get, get there. But I mean, Rangers, they impressed me because, I mean, I honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't too high on them. Uh, I didn't think that they had it in them to go all the way, but two one, like, what what did they win? Three one. Three one. Three one. So now they're going to the the Europa League final versus Frankfurt. I mean, props to them. Props to them, honestly. And who you who you got winning though? Who you got winning? I mean, listen, I'm not super familiar with either of these teams this season. I haven't followed them much, to be honest. I'm but... gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rangers right now, calling it Rangers. Yeah, I think Rangers. Do it. It's gonna be close though. I hope it's a close game. That should be the question of the week. Like, who you? I guess <laughs> I I don't know if we have one, but like, do we have one? Yeah, yeah, we have one. Yeah, we have one. Do we have one? What is it, what is it again? I forgot. Who uh, who are our top three managers? Who, which coach would who do we want to play for? Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, top three is, is it, if we go for today, the, now the, nowadays. Uh, I'd say club. Uh, top three managers. Yeah, so I say club, Pep, and um. I, I kind of like, I do like Ancelotti. Yeah, I guess Ancelotti. Right now, it's got to be them three. But honorable mention, not in, not exactly this question, but did you see Mourinho after uh, Roma made the... The Conference League? Yeah, he was he was emotional about it. He was it, emotional. Yeah. He was hype. I, I like seeing Mourinho do well. I'm no, I know he came to Manchester and it wasn't the most successful, but we've seen that at Manchester, it's the success of the team isn't always correlated with the manager because... The board abysmal, right? So you can't put it on. And he's he's had one of the most he's had like the most success at Manchester United since Sir Alex. He won us the Europa League. He got a second in the league, and he made some moves in the Champions League. So, I mean, I respect Mourinho a lot. I like him a lot. His personality. Hey, if Ta- if Tammy does something in the in the final again, bro, the the people are gonna be mad at Chelsea for sure. He's getting the move. He's getting the move. <laughs> he's getting the move back. That's crazy. After one year, so who are your top three for you? It's, it's the same as you. It's got to be. You can't have Klopp and Pep not in there. Okay, but who would you play for? Like, who would you? Are you as a player, like, who would you play for? Me as a player, which manager I think would get the most out of me? I think would be Jurgen Klopp, which is crazy because I mean, not it's not crazy, but it's Manchester United. You would think I would not choose Liverpool coach, but uh, Klopp is one thousand percent the manager that would get the most out of me. And who I would want to play for. I don't know. I feel I do like the answer. I almost felt like I want to say club as well, but I do feel like Ancelotti could do a lot because, like you said, he's a player-friendly manager, and like people get along with him, and that could play a part in like the team vibe and whatnot. And I feel like he'd be. 
I mean, to me, it seems like it'd be a great fit. But I mean, the club is not a bad choice either. It's a personality thing for me. Like Klopp is a is a is a jokester. Man, man's got jokes, and man's he's able to 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 relate to to players on on a level that like you can give you can get receive criticism from, but never feel like the manager is against you. Uh, and the best coaches able to do that, right? Some coaches manage with fear. Some others manage with charisma. And and charisma usually always win. And and. And Klopp just like makes you want to run through a wall. He's the one that made me fall in love with with Dortmund. Dortmund, Dortmund were like my second favorite team for the longest time, and that was when he was manager there. With Lewandowski, would go out there with Marco Reus. Um, I mean, that squad though, the squad that uh, Lewandowski dropped the four goals against Real Madrid with. Um, that was the squad, and that's when I fell in love with Dortmund because of Jurgen Klopp. And then he went to Liverpool, and it broke my heart. <laughs> he broke I would play for Jurgen Klopp. What about you, Carlo Ancelotti? Yeah. But you got to learn Italian. I would, I, I would actually do want to learn Italian. It's actually a great language to learn. It's not like the one that you expect to learn like in, the, in your top three, top two. But like, I would love to learn Italian. I think I will eventually. I took an Italian class. But he does speak a lot of languages. Does he? Yeah, he does. I think he speaks like three, four, at least. Damn. I love when people can speak multiple languages. It's so hot. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> My man was so specific. I really do want to play for Ancelotti. <laughs> All right, we got like a minute left before we get. Uh, you want to play from your phone? Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 not today, not today, not today. I mean, that Champions League final in uh, a couple of weeks. That's gonna be so fun to watch. The league top four is gonna be really close. Next week we'll talk about uh, the top four race because it's gonna be even closer. Um, man, I really hope. I mean, United are not getting top four, but I just want to finish the, the, the season strong. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about it in a positive light, maybe. Who knows? Arsenal, maybe they'll still be in the, top, the fight for top four. Oh, we will. We will be. We will be. Thank you, performances. But, I mean, look, looking strong still. Should be able to do it. Um, Arteta ball. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this week. Thanks for rocking with us. Make sure you follow us on our social medias. On Instagram, forward underscore pressing. On Twitter, forward press pod. Drop us a follow so you're notified every time the episodes go live. And we really appreciate your time. Hope you'd enjoy yourself. And if you didn't watch the Manchester City game versus uh, Real Madrid, go watch it. You missed one. You missed a big one. You missed one. Go watch it. Go watch it. And we'll see you later. Peace. Peace.